The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. What's going on, you guys? Welcome to a new episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. And if you are tuning in today, chances are you've got some questions as it pertains to the different phases of your fitness journey for good reason as well. This is one of the probably most complex topics or or categories of fitness. Um, And there should be questions. There should be a lot of confusion for most people out there, myself included. When I had first started my fitness journey, I didn't know that there was phases to this shit. I didn't know that there was different, you know, protocols or or things to follow based on certain goals. I mean, of course I understood that in a general sense, but the longer I have been going through this journey, not just for myself, but all of my clients as well, the more in depth, obviously I get to learn and understand these things from a personal experience. And the more I get to be able to better explain them all to each of you. So I'm very excited that you are tuning in and I'm excited for you to be able to learn quite a bit through this show. And we're going to dive right in because there is a lot that I want to cover and I want each of you to really gain what you need to during this time because there are many, many phases of your fitness journey. There's cutting, there's bulking, there's reverse dieting, there's recomp, there's maintenance, there's a million different things. But with all that being said, I don't want you to get caught up in the nitty gritty of like, okay, well, if I'm hitting this amount of steps and I'm in this phase, does that mean I have to change it to this, to that? Like these are general terms and general rules, I guess you could say, to apply to these certain phases of your fitness journey in order to better achieve the goals that you are after. And chances are, as you are starting your fitness journey, you do have a goal right? You started doing all of this for a reason, whether that is a physical goal, a mental goal, a strength goal, whatever it may be, you have a reason behind all of the work that you are putting in. I would hope. I would hope that we all understand exactly what that goal is. And you want to take action based on what that goal is. And of course, you want to make sure that the actions you are taking do in fact align with that goal. And that is what today is going to be all about is how to transition between the many phases of your fitness journey. And it is going to be a little different. If you want to lose weight right now, your action steps are not going to be to start eating 10 times the amount of food you typically do or dial back on your training. Of course not. That doesn't make sense. We have to make sure that they align. Your your goals for that time, your actions would be a calorie deficit. Your actions would be increasing your overall movement. And I, I do think that the general concepts of each of these phases are clear by the majority of people, but it's more so understanding why to transition between each of them and when that should occur. When we should transition from a cutting phase to a reverse diet, when we should transition from a bulking phase back down to a cut, um, because all of these things do take a great deal of time. And in order for them to really you know, do what they need to do, we have to understand what we're looking for during that time, the actions that we need to be taking, um, and so on and so forth. So for the for, For anyone out there who does not know, and I'm throwing around all these terms and you're like, what in the hell? A cutting phase? What am I cutting? A bulking phase? Who? Like, if this is you and you are a little confused just for general terminology, a cutting phase in your fitness journey is a phase that focuses on fat loss. And it typically requires a calorie deficit and you are going to be losing weight. You're going to see the number on that scale drop down, down, down. And the goal of that cutting phase is to be targeting specifically fat loss. Then we have something called a bulking phase or a building phase. And this is when you are 
are specifically focusing on building muscle mass, you will be gaining weight during that time and you will be eating in a caloric surplus. You're eating more food than your body may need or expend on a daily basis. Then we've got the maintenance phase, which is exactly as it sounds. You are maintaining. You're maintaining your weight. You're maintaining your progress. You're kind of just staying put. Um, and then there is body recomposition, which is going to be maintaining the weight, but changing exactly what your body is made of. And this would typically look like decreasing the overall fat on your body while building a little bit of muscle during that time. So you may weigh the same 150 now and six months from now, but six months from now, you may look and feel like an entirely different person because of that body recomposition. So going back to what I had said initially, when you start, you have a goal, right? And what happens when you hit that goal? Because anybody listening to the show, I know you've got a crazy work ethic. I know you've got what it takes. And I know you're hitting these goals. You're crossing them off your list and you're moving on to the next thing. But what is that next thing? In my opinion, you have two options. You can either A, stay there, right? You hit that goal, whatever the goal may be. And you're like, Ooh, I look good. I feel good. We're going to stay put. This is where I want to be. Or option B, you write a new goal, which then starts the next phase. And that's kind of the cycle that health and fitness really is. It's not just a, a an initial goal. And, and it's really interesting to me too, because a lot of clients who do start working with me, they do have an initial goal. And that goal say is lose 10 pounds and they don't really look beyond that 10 pounds. And I get this little smirk on my face hearing these types of goals. Cause I'm like, you just wait. And that's the exciting part is once you reach that initial goal, what you thought you were after for all this time and, and you find out, Oh shit, I, I did it. I, I'm capable of doing it. It is possible. Like, cool. I did that. And then you start to fall in love with the journey and you're like, but I want more, or I want to do this, or I want to look that way, feel this way, lift that much. And we start writing all these new goals. And that's why I smile too, because this journey is forever. And everything that I talk about on this show always goes back to that sustainability piece and making sure that the habits that you're forming, the phases that you're in, all of it is going to set you up for success, not just in the next six months, but the next 60 years of your life where you're able to really live out the healthiest version of you. So you are never stuck in any phase of your fitness journey. I want you guys all to understand that as well. If you're going through a cutting phase right now, you should not be going through a cutting phase for the rest of forever. Um, the only thing you should really maybe stay stuck in, I guess, would be like the maintenance phase where you did what you needed to do and you're happy kind of just staying put there. So I want to make sure everyone is super clear on exactly how to transition between each of these phases and most importantly, why to do so. Why you don't want to just be in a calorie deficit forever. Why you don't want to be uh, bulking forever. Like these things should change based on your goals and based on your biofeedback, how your body is or is not responding. And if it's not responding, we don't just push harder or do more or, or we we adjust, we adapt, we change. So we are going to talk through the transition of cutting to a reverse diet talking about a reverse diet to a bulking phase, a bulking phase to a cutting phase, and then of course, just that maintenance piece as well. So in a general sense, why do we want to change between these phases? Why even bother going from a cutting phase into a reverse diet, right? Who cares? Who needs that? I'm happy in my cut. I'm happy in my calorie deficit. And that should not be the answer for most people out there for a number of different reasons. One, overall health. You are going to be able to better prevent metabolic adaptation if you are changing between phases. You're giving your body different stimulus, different nutrition protocols, different workout regimens, different levels of activity. Your body needs to be consciously changed in order to reach whatever the goal may be. And we'll kind of talk through exactly what those changes are. Number two, a better physique, 
a better physique. 99% of the people that we see out there, social media, bodybuilders, the best of the best, the girl you follow on Instagram, whatever it may be, they had to more than likely go through a number of different phases in order to achieve the physique that they have, the certain level of muscle mass, the certain number of body fat percentage, all of these things had to have been, you know, gone through and worked through, through different phases over a period of time. So going through changing is, is important for that physique. Uh, number three, change in season and just really change in lifestyle too, making sure that you are aware of and able to make changes to your protocols um, based on where you're at in your life. If you are, for example, I don't know, going through a crazy transitional period, you are moving cross country, you just started a new job, you broke up with your boyfriend, and now you're living at home or living alone or whatever it may be for the first time in your life. All of these things are different. Like, is now the time to try to be in a calorie deficit, in a cutting phase, putting extra stress on your body? I would argue no. But if that is all you've ever known is restrict calories, do more cardio, go, 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 chances are you're going to try to keep that going during this crazy change in lifestyle. You're not going to see the progress even a little bit that you want to see. Then you're going to get frustrated. And that is what we're trying to avoid with all of this is being able to know your body, know these changes and be able to adapt based on where you're at. Uh, change in season as well. A lot of times too, people will want to go through a little bit of a cut, a little bit of a fat loss phase prior to the summer. Very, very normal. And then also if we do want to be building muscle, being aware of like, let's do that during the winter especially when we're a little bit more covered up. Like these things do make sense uh, for the season, although it is not a set in stone thing. You do not need to bulk every winter. You do not need to cut every summer and knowing your body and knowing these phases and how to transition between them is going to be the name of the game in order to see the results you want to see. Transitional phase number one, we are going to start with the bulking to cutting phase transition because a lot of people are coming out of a bulking phase around this time from the winter months, from the colder months, just the majority of people. Like I said, not everyone, but those of you who are, you know who you are, you know I'm talking to, um, want to go kind of more into that cutting phase as we are approaching summer. So that means before we know it, and this is going to be very, very soon, everyone is going to be in an absolute frenzy of wanting to lose weight, wanting to tone up, wanting to really just look their best, feel their best for bikini season, vacations. And, and I don't blame you. I don't blame anybody out there who wants to give a little bit of extra something, something when they know they're going to be wearing a little less clothes for the upcoming months. I think that's very normal. But let's figure out exactly what that should look like sustainably so that you, if this is you, can see the results and avoid absolute torture during this time. It is such a shame. And I say this too, because I did it to myself for years thinking that I, okay, I want to get a little leaner for summer. And I went through hell and back. I put myself through the ringer of crazy workouts, completely restricting food, feeling like I was a zombie for what? To be a little bit leaner for, for a vacation coming up and then be miserable on that vacation because I feel like crap. Like they just, we can avoid the torture. That is my goal for each of you guys is to make this process. It's not going to be easy. It requires a lot of hard work, but make it as simple as possible so that you can sustain it. So bulking to cutting. Again, bulking, building muscle, calorie surplus, strength is up to cutting where we are looking for a little bit of fat loss here. The key differences here, you are going to want to do um, small decreases 
in your calories. And we're going to kind of just spitball numbers here for anyone out there who's going through this process solo. Um, this is kind of what I do for my clients so that they don't have to think about each of these things. But in the near future, when they are not working with me, they absolutely freaking are. So how to go through this phase and this transition. Small decreases in calories. For example, if you are bulking right now, you are eating around 2,500 calories, and that has kind of been where you're sitting at, you know, nice and pretty for your bulk. You're gaining a little bit of weight, X, Y, Z. In order to transition into a cutting phase, we do not go from eating 2,500 calories a day to eating 1,500 calories the next day. We don't say, you know, Monday morning, I'm starting my cut. Sunday, we eat like I'm freaking monster. And Monday, we're cutting calories in half. We do not do that. Your body, your metabolism, all the muscle you've worked so hard to build, no one is going to be happy with you. And it is probably going to be a matter of hours, not even days, hours before your body is screaming at you that something ain't right. And it's going to tell you that over and over and over again until eventually you cannot adhere to the crazy protocols you've set up for yourself. And then we don't see any progress in our cut because a cutting phase, just like anything else, it needs to be sustained over a long period of time to get the results we want to get. Fat loss is slow. Muscle building is slow. And if you can't do whatever you're trying to do over a long period of time, you're not going to see the results you want to see. So what could that look like? Bulking to cutting 2,500 calories. You say Monday morning, I'm starting my cut. Let's do it. I suggest dropping down 50 to 100 calories that first week. So that means you're eating around 2,450 to 2,400 calories for the next week. And then see how your body responds. We maybe change it again the next week. We maybe decrease a little bit more after that. A majority of these changes are going to come from your nutrition through all of these phases. No matter what phase you're in, a majority of what we're doing differently is going to come from your intake, your nutrition, your food, not so much the energy expenditure. A little bit, and we'll get into that, but going slow and steady during that time, of course, you're not going to see a drastic drop on the scale, but that is why we start this process a little earlier than we think, right? We think summer is like June, July. That does not mean we start this cutting phase in June. If you are interested in losing a little bit of something, something for the summer, again, totally dependent on your goals. I'm talking in general terms here. It is probably beneficial you start this process around April-ish. Give yourself April, give yourself May, give yourself a little bit of June to be slowly working through these protocols and able to be bikini body ready by time the middle of June rolls around or whatever it may be. So slow and steady, 50 to 100 calories, 5 to 10% um, of your overall intake decreased on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And wait and see how your body is responding. Biofeedback during this time is so important. If your body is losing weight and you feel good, like do not drop the calories again. We're at a good spot, right? And then when the next week rolls around and the next week, and then we're like, hey, we're not really seeing any drops. We're not really seeing any weight loss here. Okay, then we drop a little bit further. So small decreases in calories and mainly coming from your carb and your fat intake. Your protein should always, pretty much in every phase of your journey, stay relatively consistent at around 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight, roughly. It's going to be a little different if you're like super, super bulking. It's going to be a little different depending on your body composition, but roughly in that area. So when you're decreasing your calories, that is coming from your carb and fat intake. And that is why macro tracking and understanding your macros is so important because you know how to yank out a little bit of carbs from your targets. And then you know that means, okay, maybe eating a little bit less rice at meal number two. 
or maybe that means a little less avocado with my breakfast, something along those lines. Um, you also want to be doing small increases in movement. So calories coming down slowly, movement coming up slowly. This could come from steps. If you're usually hitting 10,000 steps a day, bump it up to 12,000 steps. This could come from also adding cardio in as needed, but I always go based off of how you're feeling. If your scale and everything that you're doing, you're getting leaner, progress photos look good, energy's good, all this is moving in the right direction without ever needing to step foot on the Stairmaster, heck yeah, we're that's a win. Going into a cutting phase does not automatically mean you now need to sweat out 65 minutes on the Stairmaster in a hoodie. Like that is not a... a you know, one size fits all approach. Will that help you with your progress? Sure. How long can you stick with that? I don't know. You ask yourself that. And do, do we even need it? So small increases in movement steps, um, small increases in cardio as needed, just being more active in your day to day. Um, that can be really, really helpful. Now for your diet, kind of going back to nutrition, when we're switching from bulking to cutting, we want to be aiming for more voluminous foods, more just volume in, in all of our meals. What does that mean? It means eating things that kind of take up more space. So for example, switching from eggs, like whole eggs to egg whites, you can eat a ton more egg whites for the same amount of calories as you would regular eggs. Why? We're taking out the yolk, we're taking out the fat. Switching to um, doing like rice instead of pasta. Rice will give you a little bit more volume on your plate. Reason being is calories are coming down. It's hard for your body to adapt. It's hard for your body to adjust. But if you can almost psychologically help yourself and trick yourself into being like, I'm still eating as much food. Look at this giant bowl of food I get to eat. You're going to feel a lot more full and satiated through your cut than you would if you stick to a 300 calorie protein bar that is like the size of your palm. You're going to eat that and be like, fuck, I'm still starving versus a 300 calorie meal that consists of egg whites and shredded chicken and veggies and some hot sauce. And you know what I mean? Like that bowl is going to be huge for 300 calories. You're going to feel a lot more full and satisfied from it. So small swaps in your day-to-day -to, -day to add more volume. Adding fruits and veggies is really my go-to for this. You can add an entire carton of freaking mushrooms to your chicken stir fry for like eight calories, and now you're eating double the amount of food. And then we get some micronutrients in, which are always helpful during a cut. Now, as well as that, uh, just avoiding liquid calories as much as possible as we are making this transition, things like your super extra crazy Starbucks drink, things like alcohol, things like, I don't know, a, a smoothie, just avoiding the liquid calories because, again, you're going to be able to drink that very quickly and be like, mm, I'm still hungry. And as calories are coming down, we want to avoid that as much as possible. And that's not to say you can't go get Starbs, you can't go get, you know, drinks with your friend, but reducing it down as much as possible as calories are coming down will be very very, very helpful. And going off of that too, more of your foods cooked at home. If you are typically a go out to eat multiple times a day kind of person, multiple times a week kind of person, as you are transitioning from bulking to cutting, dial back a little bit. Stick to really no more than, let's call it two to three meals out for the week, depending on your goals. If you're going out to eat and you're at like this super healthy ordering a salad with grilled chicken, you could probably pull that off a little bit more frequently than going out to eat, getting sushi, getting burgers, getting Italian pasta, you know, multiple times a week as you are heading into your cut. Is it possible to still see progress during that time? Yes, but we're not going to know exactly what's in those meals. It's going to be a little easier to overconsume, And then again, we're slowing down progress, which is never fun. The goal is to speed up progress. So this is where a little bit of sacrifice comes into play, having to say no to some things, having to make some swaps, being okay with this because, hey, it's your goals.
you're the one who wants to do this. Nobody asked you to, to jump into a cut. Nobody asked you to decrease your calories unless I guess you're working with a coach or something like that. But this is you. This is your goal. This is what you want to do. So being okay with creating a little bit of sacrifice around some of the things that you may have been used to during other phases. And we know they'll circle right back next time you're in a bulk. You'll be going back out to sushi multiple times a week or whatever your thing is. Um, but just cooking more of your food from home will be really helpful. And then last but not least for just kind of what to change for that regard. Um, is going to be just spacing out your meals, making sure that again, bulking, you're like, oh shit, 2,500 calories. That's a lot of food to eat in one day, but you got to get going. You got to eat this time and this time. And maybe you're eating two hours apart versus when you're in a cut and you have less calories to be consuming. We want to make sure you're spacing your meals out a little bit. Maybe you wait an hour or two before you wake up to eat anything, as long as you're not training, right? As long as you're training, you got to go eat something, but spacing out meals to, you know, three to four to five hours between meals, depending on what your meals look like, uh, will help with that. You know, I didn't finish all my food at 5 PM and now I'm starving and it's the rest of the night. And going off of that too, guys, you should never be like, I'm starving in a cut. You should never be like, I'm shaking. I could fall over any moment. I'm getting lightheaded. Like, Unless you are prepping for a bikini show or any bodybuilding show where your body fat percentage needs to be drastically low and unsustainably low, your cut should be sustainable. So what to expect during this time? You can expect some levels of hunger. You can expect your tummy giving you a little growl between meals from time to time. You can expect to be a little hungrier when you wake up in the morning, but you should not be like, I'm going to keel over. I'm starving. I need something to raise my blood sugar. I haven't eaten in 15 hours. That is not the purpose of a cut. And that's really, really harmful for your body and your metabolism if that is the way that you are approaching it. So slight levels of hunger. On a scale of one to 10, I would go anywhere up to like a five to six for, for hunger levels. And if it's any higher than that, consistently higher than that, I would argue that either A, your activity levels are too high, you can't sustain it, or B, your calories are too low and those need to bump up a little bit as well. So just expecting a little bit of hunger, expecting, like I said, some sacrifices for certain foods or certain social events, making sure that you know you're investing in the future you. And that's a sacrifice. I don't know about you guys, I'm willing to make for sure. Um, and then just also expect that strength is going to come down a little bit during your training. Nothing drastic. You shouldn't be, you know, one day you can squat 200 pounds. Now all of a sudden we're cutting and I can't even squat the bar. That should not be happening. But strength is not going to be at an all-time high because food is not at an all-time high and food is that overall fuel. So that is kind of what you can expect and the changes to make as you are going through this phase. So if you are starting a cutting phase soon with the summer rolling around, start implementing these things before you think you need to. Now, this is not the only option when it comes to transitioning between different phases in your fitness journey. The next one that I wanted to really cover, which I think is so important that I did not know about for years of my journey, years of my life, didn't even know this concept exists, reverse dieting exactly as it sounds, going the opposite, eating more food slowly over time. We think of a diet, we think about eating less. Reversing is the exact opposite. Uh, so this next transition is going to be the cutting to reverse diet transition. And this phase, I would argue of all phases in your journey is the most important for your overall long-term health, especially my females out there especially us when it comes to our hormones and our ability to just sustain the life processes and functions our body needs to go through, we cannot be in a very low caloric intake, very high stress, high intensity movement cycle 
for long periods of time. It's not good. It's not good. What happens in that time, if we do it for too long, is your metabolism down regulates and your body slows down. Everything slows down. I've seen people even lose their cycle during this time because your body is so strictly focused on just being able to live, making sure your brain is good, making sure your organs are good, making sure your heart's got enough blood, all of the things that it's not worried about literally anything else. And if we've gotten to that point, this is now more than ever when you need a reverse diet. But just in general, if you have gone through a cutting phase, you bulked, then you just went through the cut. Now it's okay. Now what? What do I do now? You don't stay here. Like I said, you don't stay stuck in any of these phases, especially the drastic ones, bulking and cutting. You don't stay stuck in either of those options. When it comes to this transition, going from a cut low calories to a reverse diet, it's, it's like I said, it's almost going to be... I consider it a non-negotiable because like I said, you can't sustain that. So then the options are, okay, what do I do then? If I can't stay at my, I don't know, 1500 calorie cut and X amount of cardio and whatever, what do I do now? And reverse dieting is basically going to allow your body to avoid that long-term metabolic adaptation where it makes it almost impossible to see results. Because if your body has done that, we're not losing fat anymore. You're not looking better and better and leaner and leaner through your cut. You're going to probably look the exact same and just be really pissed off about it. So when introducing more food into your body, back into your body in a reverse dieting phase, you can bring up energy levels. You can bring up your metabolism, speed that up a little bit as well. You can bring up your mood. All of these things start to like, ah, lighten a little bit. Food is our best fucking friend. Food is is as essential as anything. And I know that sounds silly because like, yeah, duh, you need food to live, but like you really need food to live. You really, really do. So going through this process when your cut is done, and typically for most people, this ends up, you know, towards the end of summer when we've been our leanest and we look our best and we feel great or whatever your goals are. And then we start to transition into the next season of life, fall fall, we start to get a little bit more bundled up. Weather gets a little colder. Um, So again, not that these things have to be seasonally based at all. I'm just going kind of almost on like a calendar year of what I tend to see and what's usually most common through uh, the fitness industry, if you will. So reverse dieting, what does that look like? Basically, it is the opposite of what we just talked about. You are adding calories in little by little by little to bring your intake back up. So if you ended your cut at 1500 calories, the week you are coming out of that cut, maybe you're at 1600. And then the week after that, you're at 1675. And then the week after that, you're at 1750. And then you're at 1850. You are slowly adding calories back in. And the reason why you do it so slowly like that, you don't go from 1500 back to 2500 or anything like that, is to avoid putting on excess body fat that you just worked so hard to remove. You just went through a cut to get rid of it. A reverse diet essentially, if done correctly, is going to target basically just the inside and not the outside, meaning you can maintain the physique that you have built through your cut by now eating more food. So you're you're eating 2,000 calories for the day, but you look just as lean, just as good as you did eating 1,500 but you have more energy, you have more food to eat, you have more fuel, you have a better mood, your strength is up. And if that doesn't sound extremely appealing to everyone out there, I don't know what does. And there's a very good chance there are small changes to your physique during this time. Yes, you may put on a little bit of extra body fat. Yes, the scale is going to come up a little bit, but the risk to reward should far outweigh and you should be very ready to jump into this phase. Because like I said, we cannot cut forever. 
and going through this time, what changes, what adjusts. It's it's the opposite. So you're going to do less volume foods. You're not adding a crap ton of veggies and fruits and egg whites and things like that to your meals. You're kind of dialing back on those things and doing a little bit more uh, calorically dense foods. You are going to be doing a little bit less cardio and activity slowly. Again, we don't just cut this all out, but if you are doing three sessions of cardio in your cut and we're starting reverse dieting, we're going to start slowly increasing calories. We're going to dial back to two cardio sessions. And then later down the road, we're going to dial back to one cardio session, slowly easing your body into a happier, healthier place where your physique is not changing very drastically. I had many, many clients who have gone through this phase and looked and felt better post-reverse diet than they did at the end of their cut. Your body loves food. And if you're giving it quality nutrients, it's going to thank you for that especially after a period of time cutting where things were very, very low. So I don't want anyone to fear a reverse diet. I know it does sound kind of like a backwards concept. How am I going to eat more and look leaner? How am I going to eat more and still look the same? Like it's not a total one-to-one. I guarantee right now everyone out, like it, it is very individually based, but if you do it the right way, it can almost guarantee that you're going to look and feel a lot better because of it. So reverse dieting is exciting. And again, going through how to make this transition, um, eating a little bit earlier in your day, total opposite, right? Instead of stretching out your meals, we're eating a little earlier. We're making sure we get food in first thing in the morning. We're making sure that we're eating every two to three hours. We're making sure that our foods are a little bit more calorically dense to accustom your body to eating more calories throughout the day. And the same thing that we were talking about where you're really bringing carbs and fats down in a previous phase, reverse dieting, you're going to be mainly bringing those things up. Again, because in your cut, your protein should still stay pretty consistent at that 1 to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight uh, the whole time. You don't want to be going too low on protein because then during your cut, say goodbye to all of the muscle mass you had built in your bulk. And that's not the goal. That muscle is what gives you that toned and lean and definition. You need to have the muscle. So as you're going through a reverse, calories are coming up, but they're coming up mainly from carb and fat sources. Of course, healthy sources. Yes, you could sneak in a cookie here and there. Yes, you can go grab drinks. You can do all of these things at any phase of your journey if it is within reason. So what to expect as you're going through that reverse dieting phase? Uh, like I said, energy increases, strength increases, mood increases. You don't feel like a cranky bitch all the time. You don't feel like a hangry bitch all the time. And I will say 100%, I'm very guilty of the hangry bitch because when I'm hungry, oh Lord, stand out of my way. Nobody talk to me. Nobody look at me. Nobody breathe in my direction until I get food. And that is not a way to live. Of course, there's time to time when you just, you went too long without food and you're hangry. I get it. But you should not be a constant state of hangry, pissed off, cranky animal all hours of every day, every day of the week. That's, that's a whole different topic for another conversation, but that is where I get from time to time and have in my past, uh, whenever calories are a little bit low, I get very hangry. So I love my reverse diets. I love being able to eat a little bit more, um, and your hunger actually could possibly increase as you are eating more. Because like I said, your body adapts. So going through a cut, when things are low, your body slows down, your metabolism slows down. You're a little less hungry. But then as you start to add a little bit more in, guess what? Your body's adapting again. And it's going to say like, oh, she's giving me a little bit more food. We have a little bit more fuel. Like, hey, I am a little hungry. Metabolism picks up. And that's why a lot of people too see really great results through their reverse diet. And that's also what kills me when people tell me that, you know, they just have a slow metabolism or their metabolism is broken or they've just, they were born with a slow metabolism. No, 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 no. You were not. You were not. Your metabolism is just 
as malleable as any aspect of your physical body. You are just as able to manipulate your metabolism as you are able to manipulate your bicep right? You want to grow a bicep? Here are the steps to do it. If you want to fix, fix, quote unquote, fix your metabolism, here are the steps to do it. And it really does come down to the dieting aspect between these phases and also making sure you are not stuck and staying in one of these phases for too long. So as you're going through that reverse and you finish that reverse, it kind of begs the question, then what? Like, okay, well, what do I do now? And there's a few different options here. One option would be reversing and then heading into, again, here we are, big old circle, another bulking phase. So ending your reverse can happen when you hit your maintenance calories, okay, when your weight is kind of maintaining. Um, and then you get to decide, like, do, okay, do we keep climbing back into a bulk or do we stay kind of where we're at at maintenance? Do we stay kind of put where we are? So with going into a bulk, right, climbing into that caloric surplus range, there, there's a few things to kind of think about, and that depends entirely on your goals. Do we want to build more muscle? Do we want to be stronger? Do we want, I don't know, you're like, I want bigger legs or a bigger butt or whatever it may be, like whatever your goals are deciding, like, hey, well, what needs to happen to get there? If you want bigger quads, you want a, a nice firm glutes or whatever your goal is, you have to understand, okay, then I need to build muscle. How do I build muscle? I have to make sure I'm in a calorie surplus and building muscle. So making sure your actions do align with whatever the physique is that you want. And that's why this is entirely individual too. Like you do not have to do any of these things. You do not have to go through all of these phases. If, if your goal is to just, you, you went through your cut, you built calories back up, you went through reverse and you're like, I'm really happy. I'm eating a good amount. I feel good. I feel lean. I feel strong. I then stay put, stay put. Nobody's forcing you into any of these things. And that's really important to note too. The changes are up to you and your goals and where you want to see your body change into. So with all of these changes though, there are a few things that do not change. And I think that's really important to note as well, because it's not like uh, you, you have an entirely different lifestyle because you are bulking versus when you're cutting. Of course, there are many factors that change as you guys just heard, but the things that do not change, A, your style of training. You are not supposed to just automatically now go higher rep, lighter weight, just because you're in a cut. That That is not, I don't know where that rumor, I guess, even came from, but you should still be lifting heavy, focusing on progressive overload, focusing on pushing as much weight as possible in the gym when you are in a cut, just as much as you would in the bulk. However, what's the biggest change? the nutrition, the intake. So it is clear that in a bulking phase, when your nutrition is very high, calories are high, intake is high, yes, you're gonna be squatting a bit more. You're gonna feel a little bit stronger. You're gonna be able to push more weight. But when your calories are down and you're in a cutting phase, you don't automatically dial back. You don't automatically just choose to go lighter, or choose not to push as much in the gym. You may not be hitting those same PRs. That's very, very normal. But that same level of effort, that same RPE should still be given during those lifts. So the style does not change. You also don't just stop strength training once you enter into a cut. It's really important, especially during that time that you are strength training in order to be able to maintain the muscle mass that you have and really just target body fat. So the training phase uh, doesn't really change so much. So again, cardio may be different. Rep ranges may be different. Rest times may be different, but you still want to, you know, enter into each training session saying, I'm going to give 150% for where I'm at today and then leave the gym knowing you did your job and you pushed to the absolute max that you could.
the really biggest difference does come down to your nutrition and, and the intake. Um, but everything else is the same. Consistency is the same. You still need to be hitting, you know, your four to five workouts for the week. You need to be hitting your step goal. You need to be drinking your water. You need to be getting your sleep. All of those recovery aspects, all of like the fine details, the nitty gritty should be honestly consistent through every phase, every day of your life. But especially when we are changing so many other factors, we have to keep our core values, so to speak, the same. So you bulked and then you cut and then you reverse dieted and then you were at maintenance and then you went back into a bulk and, the, and then we just repeat. You start the whole process over and over and over again, which a lot of people don't understand. But the reason you do that is because you build a better physique every time that you do. Every time you bulk, you put on a little bit more muscle mass. Every time you cut, you have more muscle on your body and you're able to target just the fat loss. Maybe you look a little bit leaner and then you do the process again. And then this time, oh my goodness, my shoulders are popping and I have nice triceps and I never saw that before. That is what a majority of the people, like we said, who we look up to, me and myself included, they've been doing this shit, this phase crap for years and years and years. But what's really important to know too is that the phases take time. Like you should not be limiting your building phase, your bulking phase to, you know, three to four months because I don't know, it's getting warmer out or you have to be in shorts soon. I mean, there's, there's different components to this. If you are doing this whole fitness thing for purely just health and lifestyle and longevity and mental health, absolutely change based on whatever you are feeling for that time. But also recognize that certain goals do take a good deal of time. There are plenty of people out there who have gone through seven, eight, nine, ten 10 months plus years even in a building phase, in a bulking phase, in order to be able to develop the muscle mass that they wanted in order to reach the goal that they had. And this is not a, oh, as soon as it's summer, we have to cut. As soon as it's winter, we have to bulk. Like, it's dependent on your goals, but really each of these phases should be a couple of months long, at least in order to be able to see the results from it. So it's almost like getting and being okay with the short-term uncomfortableness, the short-term fluffiness, if you will, in a bulk, knowing that if I do this for long enough, I'm building up the muscle mass that I need to. Sure, I don't maybe look my leanest right now, and sometimes that's frustrating, but at the end of the day, I know I'm building the, the framework for an even better physique down the line. I'm building the framework for some killer legs, you know, next time I do cut in the next year or two years or whatever it may be. So being okay with the short-term uncomfortableness and dissatisfaction if you are going through that phase to know that you are doing it for the greater good. And that bulking phase is really the only one that should be held out through a long duration of time. Um, cutting, not so much. We do not want to be cutting for years and years and years of our life. Um, but the bulking side of things, if you are looking to grow more muscle mass, being very okay with needing to spend some time Get nice and cozy. Be BFFs with your bulk because it will help you in the long run to be able to see more changes when you do essentially start to cut. Because I hear that a lot as well. It's like, I went into a cutting phase. I lost 10 pounds, but like, I don't look any different. And if that is the case and that's something you're struggling with, it's usually because you didn't build up enough muscle mass to reveal anything when you do cut. Like cutting is peeling back the outside layers, the fat, the fluff to reveal what's underneath, aka the muscle. But if you don't have enough muscle, you don't have any muscle, there is nothing to be revealed. So again, making sure that your goals, your phases, your transitions align with what you want most in the long run, not just what you want most right now.
Last but not least, I did also want to just touch on the maintenance phase for a little bit here because this is almost essentially the end goal for everyone. And it'll happen at different times. But when you're, you know, 55, 60 years old, you are not going to be going through a bulking phase and a cut and now I'm reverse dieting. Like at that point, you're probably hopefully going to be happy with the body that you have and your health level that you are interested in just simply maintaining that, maintaining that level of fitness. And and sticking with it to have the best quality of life that you can. And that's that's the goal, you know, years and years and years to come there afterwards. But we have to get there first. And that doesn't just mean, you know, we stop when we're 60. Like it, it happens differently for everyone. Um, some people will will hit their goal physique. I love the way I look. I feel good. I feel strong. I feel healthy. I'm happy at, you know, 30 years old or 32, 35, whatever it is. And they just maintain. Maybe they transition into different phases of their life. Maybe they're going to be a mom soon. Maybe they're going to be, I don't know, whatever it is. And they're not interested in drastically changing their physique, going through this drastic building phase to cut for the next year. They just want to maintain. I'm just, I'm good. I'm happy. And that is the end game. That is the goal for every single one out there. When that happens is entirely up to you. How long you've been doing this, the work you put in, the body that you've built, your level, your comfort, all of that. So when we are eventually at that maintenance phase, this is when we start to get a little bit more intuitive with our food you maybe aren't really tracking your food or tracking as religiously. You've put in years and years of time understanding food, understanding macros, understanding how to build a balanced plate and understanding what your body specifically needs to thrive. For me, that's a big ass breakfast. For you, that could be, I don't really need breakfast. I'm not too hungry in the morning. I usually eat breakfast around 11. Like knowing these things about yourself as you're going through the cut and the bulk and the reverse so that eventually you don't really have to think about your habits around your healthy lifestyle style, you just can understand them, you can know them, and you can just go about your day to day. So food becomes a little bit more intuitive. And I would say there's more of a lifestyle component to movement and exercise and, and less, you know, lift focused or muscle group focused, you know, being able and, and okay with transitioning into this, I just feel good moving my body, not, you know, I need to hit this crazy killer leg day for two hours in the gym. Hitting that maintenance phase does not mean we stop doing the things that we have done to get here because as soon as we stop doing them, they all go away. But that level of, I guess, intensity is the best way to put it during that time definitely dials back a little bit. You may still be in the gym. You may still be loving that time. Maybe you're taking workout classes. Maybe you are hitting these two-hour leg days, but the level of intensity towards changing your physique is very, very different during that maintenance phase. So this is, like I said, a great place to be. And a great place to reach after you have gone through as many cycles as you want to go through. This is not, you know, rush to get there. And this is not, you know, you'll reach that point when you're 60, have fun for the next 40 plus years of your life. Like it's taking your time and understanding what your body needs to get to a place where you feel really comfortable in your skin. And at that point we maintain, we eat the same amount of calories you know, things change up a little bit. We roughly move things around. Scale may fluctuate two pounds up here, five pounds down there, three pounds up here, but you're maintaining in that five to 10 pound range for the next bunch of years, for the next dozens of years, the next decades, and you're good and you're happy with that place. So maintenance is, is an awesome place to be and everyone will get there at a different phase at a different time of their life, um, but that's totally up to you. Talking through all of these transitions and, and the actions that do in fact change bulking to cutting, cutting to reverse, reversing to bulking to maintenance, one thing is above all, and that is the mental shift 
the the mental change, the mental transformation that has to happen through these phases more so I would say than the physical changes, the physical transformation, because if you're not mentally in the right place to go through a bulking phase or mentally ready to have the level of discipline needed for a cutting phase, you can do all of the changes. You can adjust your macros, you know, add in your cardio, dial back on this and that, and it won't make a difference because the only way we see results in our journey, and you guys, you guys know this now, you've been listening for long enough, you know this, the only way we see results is if we are mentally strong enough to adhere to whatever is necessary for a long enough period of time. Nothing happens overnight, nothing changes overnight, and if you don't have the mental capacity and the, the ability to shift between these transitions from a mindset perspective, in my opinion, there's no need to go through any of the transitions. If you're not ready to be bulking, you're not ready to feel a little fluffy, you're not ready to be having the scale come up and all these things, as well as all the positives that come with it, you're stuck in this mindset of, I want to be smaller, I want to be skinny, I want to be little, less calories, restrict, restrict, restrict. That mindset does not correlate with a bulking phase. That mindset does not correlate with building muscle. That mindset does not correlate with you being able to make that transition. So do not spend time changing all of the physical aspects if you have not changed the mental ones. That applies to everything in your fitness journey, but especially when shifting between these phases and and these journeys in your journey, because they're not going to mean much of anything if mentally you are fighting yourself every single step of the way. So with that all being said, find your goal, find what it is that you want to do, figure out exactly what you're going to need to get there and start now. Start now, start before you think you need to, start, you know, months before you think you need to. If you want to drop 10 pounds for summer, that drop starts today. That drop starts right now, not on June 15th when you've got plans for the 4th of July. And you want to look and feel your best. If you are heading into a cut for the summer and that is the next phase for you, start sooner than you think. It is slow. It is steady. But you are going to have a much easier time with progress and sustainability, I promise. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Hopefully today's episode was helpful in just learning a little bit more about each of these transitions. And I would love to hear from each of you as exactly what phase you are in or looking forward to jumping into in the near future. So we are going to continue this conversation over in the Mental Reps Podcast Facebook group, which if you are not a member yet, I don't know what the heck you're doing. You could tap the link in today's description of the episode and go ahead and join in on that conversation. Be surrounded by others going through the same phase you're going through. Learn from each other, grow with each other. I will be there every single step of the way and I'll catch you inside.